0: NXT will be undergoing a whole bunch of changes in the next month, and we're going to be following it closely. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website, database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about NXT from last night, and we'll discuss the changes that we're already seeing. We also have headlines in the last 24 hours. The NXT guru John Smith is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News show for August 25th, 2021 where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you, the truth. And John, welcome to the show today. NXT guru, I like it. Yeah, on on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, you are the senior correspondent, and I wanted to fill out your resume, give you a new
1: title and everything. So you've been to the NXT guru over here. When is that correspondent title going to actually get me sent to NXT to correspond? Yeah, that's a good... Co-
0: you know what? You have to take that up with the uh, with the Essential Wrestling Podcast people. I, you're just the guru to me. <laughs> but as a correspondent, you probably would have kicked out of NXT these past couple of uh, days because that's one of, the, one of the news items, and I didn't mention that to you ahead of time. They have been kicking people out of the Capitol Wrestling Center if they see that you're tweeting or filling the dirt sheets with the spoilers. But despite that, the news is still getting out, so a lot of stuff that we saw on last night's episode. If you had been following the news, unfortunately you probably got spoiled a little bit, but if you were made spoiler free, then there was a whole bunch of stuff on the show. What'd you think of the show last night?
1: All oh, it was fun, much more eventful than, they've, than they had been the past few weeks because they were leading up to a big pay-per-view and now they're hitting the reset button. And we're seeing with different feuds we got to look forward to and still got uh, the Hit Row and Legato thing, and that's got a new twist to it with the, uh, with Electro Lopez getting involved. So yeah, it was a fun night.
0: Yeah, it was a fun night. We started hearing the rumblings about NXT going through its big changes. We're not quite there yet, but we can already start seeing at least a talent shift, right? Harriet Cross is gone. The new champion, Samoa Joseph. And it was, we'll, be, we'll be talking about that. And then you see the new talent, like, flushing in here. One of the people is Kaylee Ray, and she made her debut at TakeOver. She had a quick win over Valentina Ferraz last night. PW Insider reported that she is officially a full-time member of the NXT brand going forward. So we should be seeing more of her as we move through. Kaylee Ray looks like she's got her guns set at Raquel Gonzalez, but also Frankie Monet, another recent talent. She also has her, has her sights set on Raquel Gonzalez.
1: Yeah. It seems like they're hyping up the Kaylee thing a little bit more because they're talking about how long she had that title and stuff. So it seems like maybe Frankie might be like pit stop kind of championship match in a couple weeks leading up to the next pay-per-view few, a couple months from now where Kaylee Ray gets the shot at it.
0: Yeah. I could see that as, as Frankie being a stepping stone
1: in that way. So with Cross and Cole
0: potentially both gone. Gargano, Johnny Gargano is going to be positioned as the top heel on the brand. now what's, what's interesting is that we've heard that from PW Insider. They had a whole bunch of NXT news that came out with Gargano being positioned as the top heel. It's interesting because on the show last night, you had a whole bunch of people that were going out after Samoa Joe. So you would think one of them would be the top heel. O'Reilly's clearly a face, but. Peter Dune and Lot Knight—they're both heels. You would think maybe the top heel would get involved, and maybe he will in a few weeks. But Johnny Gargano is certainly doing some of the best stuff of his career, right?
1: Yeah, but he's almost too likable at this point. Yeah, where the will, where there's a will, there's a way. Come on, Friends here, you <laughs> know that stuff. Like we can't help but like him. So you know, playing the heel fine, but I don't think he can really be that like top hated guy. And I, I'm looking towards Ridge Holland to be honest with you to be like. The, the next formidable opponent for Samoa Joe, it seems like they're building him up really strong right now.
0: Brian Henkel says uh, he just didn't want, doesn't want bits interfering with NXT because they have such good talent. It's great show last night. Yeah. I I think that's going to be a theme as we talk about NXT. It's tough when we see call-ups and our guys don't do as well as they did on NXT and stuff, but as as pertains to Rich Holland, I agree. You think he's going to jump the line with Pete Dunne? Is that going to be a feud we have here coming up because. Pete Dunn is also, in the right circumstance, he's a great baby face. And you could see that this thing that they have, they're building Holland up. He's got a matcher. He, he beat Thatcher last night. He's going to have a match with Champa, and he's probably going to roll through Champa. Why wouldn't Rich Holland be the guy? And yet Pete Dunn is trying to veg his way in there. So you could see there a little bit of conflict there brewing, and maybe those two actually get in some sort of dispute. And then that ends up being what leads to whatever title match is the next takeover.
1: Yeah, we could end up seeing something like when Randy got turned on by the evolution back in the day where Pete Thun's all of a sudden turned on by the other three and we get face Pete. But then hopefully he's got a belt to hang out of his mouth and then we're good to go. Okay, so here, so I would love that. I would absolutely
0: love if we had the little, it could just be an online, like a Twitter vignette or something, but you've got the match coming up, Rich Holland versus... Samoa Joseph, at some point down the road, it's being advertised and everything. But we get a little online vignette of Pete Dunn sitting down talking with Randy Orton. You don't get to see it or anything, but then, then the next week on NXT, you just have Pete Dunn go put the thumbs down, and that'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, totally. uh, you could do anything with Pete Dunn. I could, uh, yeah, Pete Dunn, he is great. So I agree with you there. So other news that's been talked about they talked about a whole lo- new look and feel for NXT coming new logos and things like that. One of the stories that has been floating around is what's going on with Full Sail University. Are they still in some sort of partnership with Full Sail? PW Insider reported yesterday that the relationship with Full Sail is not over and there are, but there are no plans to move back to Full Sail during the pandemic, but that the door is open in the event the pandemic ends and they want to do that, make that change. But there are still students from Full Sail working on all aspects of the NXT tapings. That's a cool thing that they do with NXT and the developmental brand. And yet they're developing tomorrow's adults. <laughs> the, the workforce of tomorrow.
1: Yeah, actually a few years ago, I was working at a restaurant and there was a young post who was going to Full Sail to do exactly that. And he's working with NXT, with WWE right now as we speak. He's in our, our pick'em pool, on the, in the money pool named Irving. He okay. works down at Full Sail, or he goes to Full Sail, works for an, or interns for uh, NXT, which is pretty cool. So you're saying all oh, this time we've had an inside guy and he, he didn't let us know?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, last year we thought maybe something was going on because he got he owning everything for the first six months, but then he ended up dropping off after a while. I'm sure he's got some inside intel, but there's no way that they're letting some kid in college know what their future plans are right? He's not in the meetings with Hunter and Sean. Okay. I didn't put it. All right. Adam
0: Cole is all the news. It seems like every day we hear his contract expired yesterday. His contract is firing today. Multiple source news outlets reported yesterday that Adam Cole's contract is officially up this Friday and that WWE is expecting to put another offer in front of him before Friday. And then no discussions will really formally take place with any outside party until after his contract expires. That's a big no, no. So companies don't really negotiate with any talent that's coming available. They have to wait until they are available, but WWE is going to put another great offer in front of Cole this week. So we'll, we'll see what happens there.
1: Yeah. I don't expect them to let him get into real negotiations with anybody else. I they, they think they would be silly. To let that happen, but he is the guy who puts the D in DMD, so maybe they sent the message to her <laughs> to him through oh, her.
0: <laughs> I have not heard that joke yet, but if <laughs> you here, you are. <laughs> I actually I came up with that one on my own. I'm very proud of that. Not to completely skip over everything that happened on NXT last night, but we did get part of the news coming yeah. out of the show is all the matches that we have end up for next week. And it's a double-edged sword when they go to a taped format, like they're doing for these next couple of weeks. It's unfortunate because a lot of times the spoilers get out, but at the same time, they also announce a whole bunch of stuff because they're planning ahead. And so we have Ilya Dragunov. He's going to be on NXT next week. We have Tomasa Ciampa versus Rich Holland. We have Roddy Strong doing an open challenge. We're going to circle back to that in a second. Johnny Gargano versus La Knight. Kyle O'Reilly versus Duke Hudson. Uh, Going back to Roddy Strong, why is Roderick Strong doing an open
1: challenge? It didn't work last time. He lost last time. I don't know what he's doing here. And now it could be anybody. So it might end up being Odyssey Jones or something. That's exactly what I was thinking is Odyssey
0: Jones comes out and squashes him. And the, the worst part of it is all, Roddy Strong, they're building him up for the Cruiserweight Championship match with Kushida, but Kushida's not cleared to compete. So he was not at the taping on Monday or either of the two tapings yesterday. So he's out the out for at least three weeks. I guess they can afford to beat Roddy strong a couple of times before they give him a big win on his way to to wrestling Kushida. Great. But one of the things that we had said in the beginning is that NXT is going through a bunch of changes. And when I look at this list of stuff for next week, you have Rich Holland. That's going to be on the show next week and he's fairly new talent in terms of us seeing him in the ring. And then you also have Duke Hudson, who's getting a key match with Kyle O'Reilly. Roderick Strong's open challenge is certainly open to either a Carmelo Hayes or an Odyssey Jones answering it. Dragunov is new on NXT, so we're seeing a lot of the newer players jump in on NXT next week. So you can tell that they're building for the future, kind of moving away from those really established characters wrestling against each other.
1: Yeah, it's kind of how what's always been, though. They've established guys, and then they've moved on and then established new guys. Maybe it's just happening more in both right now. And it's always been the real land, the real land of opportunity when it comes to WWE it's NXT, not the main roster. So that's, you know, anybody that goes through there, I, I trust that they're going to end up doing something good there. But then you never know once they move forward after that. Yeah. I
0: mean, the, Duke Hudson is, the Duke Hudson match is the one that's sticking off the page to me. Is Here's a guy who, he's actually had a few false starts so far with the company. He was on a uh, main roster at the rate at the beginning of the pandemic, he was Brandon Vank and he was part, MVP was actually managing him for a a quick minute on the main roster. And then they pulled him back and then they re-debut him here as Duke Hudson. And it felt to me like to get a match with Kyle O'Reilly, it felt like you had to blow through a few guys because Kyle is in that top, top guide status, but Duke Hudson, he's right there with Kyle. So I don't know if we see a Duke Hudson get a big victory over Kyle O'Reilly next week, that's going to be it, it's gonna be bad for Kyle. <laughs> it's gonna be great for Duke, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't see that happening, though, but I think they'll end up giving them a, a nice like two-segment match, commercial break in between, and it'll showcase what Duke Hudson can do against a more seasoned. Yep. Brian mentioning that he thinks the cruiserweight division
0: needs a little shot in the arm. Yeah, I think that's it's hard when we haven't seen we haven't seen Kushida in a while. And Roddy Strong, I feel like he got he got his debut as part of Diamond Mind, and then they had to cut Tyler Rust. They've got great cruiserweights, but most of them are the top guys. You know, Pete Dodd is there, and so is Kyle, actually. So
1: there's plenty of people they could interject into that and make it really strong. But What the real shot in the eye would be is if they brought Enzo back. Well, that yeah. would some crazy heel heat if they brought him back. I mean, or maybe he would even come back. To- Cheers, who knows, just to be able to do that whole, my name is Enzo Amore thing again. With the crap. I feel like Enzo is a guy, he come back in, he'd probably get cheered
0: and then he would open his mouth and then they would do the crap on him. <laughs> They're like, oh, this guy.
1: It also depends on what city that they have him come back in. One of the uh, angles that we've been following on
0: NXT for the last several months is the million dollar championship. And I feel based on the way the things went last night, that story seems to have come to a close, at least the Ted DiBiase part of it, because Ted DiBiase drove off, he rode off in his limbo last night with the million dollar championship, the official one. He gave Cameron Grimes a toy, a replica.
1: Do you think we're going to see like a new version of the million dollar championship? I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it earlier. And I was, I think it's perfect to have another singles title that people can go after. And it doesn't have to look like the old one. It could be a nice big dollar sign in the middle. It doesn't have to be all gaudy. But it'll. I, I think that would be nice because it's already like you said of um, on the page as like an official title with lineage on the WWE website. Now we have to have our uh, petition to have it added to the PWP as an official belt instead of just a regular singles match. Yeah, and, and
0: John's re- referring to Pro Wrestling Pickem, which I, there's always a commercial for Pro Wrestling Pickem on the show, and it's actually right there in the center of the uh, the is right there in the center. Uh, Isn't it a title already? Weren't they considered title matches? I hope so. (laughs) Not
1: on on the website because Hal does not recognize it as an official title.
0: Okay. Yes. We're going to have words with Mr. El Haro. The index wedding is scheduled for September 14th.
1: And it's, what new can they do in a wrestling wedding that we haven't already seen, John? What new can they do? I guess the new thing would be Dexter Loomis actually speaking his vows. You think that could
0: happen? Yeah, that's interesting. We actually see Dexter. That is a huge payoff. The fact that we've never seen Dexter speak. The fact, the moment that he says something is going to be a big watershed moment for that character.
1: (laughs) Hopefully he's got a big lung full of helium when he does it. (laughs) uh, Yeah, so we find out he, yeah.
0: He speaks like a, like Casey Katzaro. <laughs> Maybe she could just do the overdub the voice. And, uh, you know, Danny Birch returned from injury last night. These Danny and Oni never lost the tag team titles. And now Danny is back. So yeah, that story writes itself. So it looks like MSK's next, next opponent's yes. got to be them. I see Andre Thomas making comments here. He says no Enzo. He's not a fan of Enzo, and he says add a TV title and defend it every single week. I agree that sometimes those TV titles they they just need to be on TV every week, and I don't even think they should be on the pay per view. But when companies have TV titles, I think it's really cool that they what they should do is they should have them, and after you hold it and defend it a certain number of times, you should vacate it and get a shot at the big belt. That's what they have tried to do with NWA. But uh, I've never seen it actually come to fruition, but
1: I think that's I think that, yeah, that's a great idea. Having a belt that you defend it a certain amount of times and then you get automatic world title shot afterwards. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah. And, and
0: so it puts a, puts a, puts a belt around maybe not the number one contender, but the rising star. And it's a really good story because you get to let's say it's 10 matches that you defend the title gets at number nine and like people are really behind it number nine and then they lose or whatever and they start over and maybe all kinds of cool stuff can happen so
1: yeah yeah
0: and and andre says yeah same thing he agrees uh no pay-per-view for that and i think that's i think that's fine it gives you something for the tv audience every week to know that they're going to get carmelo hayes wins the breakout tournament john all of us are standing there we're hearing the thirty year, less than thir- under thirty, over six foot tall, got to be at least two twenty. Odyssey Jones, he checks those boxes. Some of them he checks twice, and I couldn't believe that he didn't win the tournament. But Carmelo Hayes, I guess they think they've got something with Hayes, and I know that they probably know they have something with Jones. So, uh, were you shocked? I was surprised.
1: I I had mentioned yesterday, I halfway saw this coming. I just didn't have balls big enough to pull the trigger on switching my pick. Because I called Odyssey from round one. And once I saw him, I thought that he would win it. But he's just so over that he doesn't need to win it. And that's what I was saying last night. he was still my pick. But I said I would not be surprised if Carmelo Hayes took it down. And they did it the right way. They didn't make Odyssey Jones look weak by taking that pin. And now Carmelo Hayes shows that he can do the raw roll-up. He's got a big future ahead of him.
0: That's a lot of wins that he can get on Monday nights now. So, and then I guess finally, the big news, uh, final news out of NXT last night is Alexa Lopez Lopez's debut. So we had another new talent come out. It's not the first time we've seen her. We, she did lose to Frankie Monet in her encore presentation of her world premiere a couple of months ago or a month ago or whatever it was. But she definitely has something now. She is going to be. Legato Del Fantasma's answer to B-Fab.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of this. And I wonder if they're going to make her like Santos's girlfriend or wife or one of the other two's girlfriend or something, or if she's going to be like a hired gun situation. I'm curious about the story there. It was an, it
0: didn't, like we just talked about for men, over six foot, 220, whatever. I think she's bigger than Santos Escobar. When I saw her last night, she's just something I, and i don't mean in like a big way like obviously jokes is big kind of way I just mean like, she's a tank it looks like so at least that's the yeah. impression i might be wrong but the
1: jacket she was wearing didn't do her any favors in the feminine category because it had big shoulder pads and vaults but i've seen other pictures of her she's not much of a tank but she's thick <laughs> okay okay
0: all right that's uh, that's what i have for anything else on nxt lastly you want to
1: bring up just about the tweeting thing that you were saying where they were kicking people out and whatnot like that's like wearing a raincoat in a hurricane man like you can't stop people from getting the results out the only way you stop that is not having fans or not taping it. so i don't know what the point of kicking people out during the show would be because they're just going to do it after anyway and to be to be to
0: i think you're 100 percent right on that and I'll add that spoilers can do one or two things. They can set people up to not watch your show, or they can set people up to watch your show. And this has been proven out in wrestling. Tony Schiavone is the most perfect example. He he spoiled the Mick Foley first title win, and everybody changed the channel to watch that moment. So if you put out a really great show, the spoilers are only going to help you attract more viewers. For instance, we all knew Rhea Ripley was beating Shayna Baszler for that championship belt back in December of 2019. And it was the most watched episode of NXT that they ever had on USA network, a spoiler that, that wasn't a spoiler, but it was like the anticipation of the build and we all knew it was going to happen and it happened. And so the spoiler or what's going to happen. It leads to more viewers and a better, better watched show, I guess I will say. So, all right. With that, John, we have more headlines and stuff to talk about in the second part of the show. But right now, we're going to take a quick one-minute break, and I'm going to tell you all the different ways that you can support the show or see more of our faces. So stick with us, and we'll be right back live in another minute or so. If you love the Daily Wrestling News show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join the league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade Newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And, of course, this show, The Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is The Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. I wonder, I wanted to leave us up in this view because there were some great comments that came in dur- during the commercial. And one of them is Andre Thomas saying, is this the picture in picture moment of the show, uh, which is a joke between Andre and I, because in the minutes to time conversation thread of the Facebook group, he knows how much I despise picture in picture. I can say it's not canon for the show, but had I left my screen up the entire time, you would have seen me run to the fridge to get a drink. So. There you go. Also. Andre Thomas says, Odyssey Jones reminds him of Willie Mack and Carmelo Hayes reminds him of Chris Bay. If you want to know what those talents will look like
1: in a few years, watch Impact on Thursday. I would equate Chris Bay more with Isaiah Swerve Scott, to be honest with you. But yeah, I like the Willie Mack and Odyssey comparison. I think that you're right with Chris Bay, man, whatever his contract is
0: up, he's going to be highly sought after i think new japan's going to want him i think we is going to want him i think aw going to want him and if they can get him in that nxt system and put him aside swerve scott i think that's a perfect pairing as well i think you're right about that
1: yeah i don't know if that that'll happen though because bay is part of the bullet club now so maybe that might attract him to go overseas or just stay in a spot where he can still be part of the bullet club you know yeah you are correct about that and I will also raise you
0: Finn Balor, AJ Styles, the good brothers, and Adam Cole are all members
1: and some of them leaders of the book. <laughs> so
0: it's, there's, there's, it's happened before.
1: So yeah, he's got a while to get up to the level of an AJ Styles. So he does have some time ahead of him before that. But you have to start at day one.
0: And that's what WWE is going to call their January 1st, 2022 20, pay-per-view. It's going to be called. WWE day one makes sense. It's January 1st. It's the first day of the year. So,
1: Yeah, and that's when I thought that Walter was going to be winning, losing his title because he would have finally hit 1,000 days. But I can't believe they didn't do it. I can't believe they didn't have him keep it for 1,000 days. They were so close. Now, like, the next best thing is Roman Reigns if they wanted to do that. And we're looking at May 2023 for him to lose the title. And I can't see that happening.
0: I don't know. It, you're right with Roman Reigns. I think he's. I thought about this as well, and I thought maybe the reason they had Walter lose is because they didn't want him to have that accomplishment. They want. They maybe they do want Roman to have it, and that's why they the switched there. That's that's if they're all working on the same sheet of music, though. It's not typically the case. That but like two,
1: that's two more title defenses in a row. That's three defenses in a row at WrestleMania. That would be unprecedented if that happened.
0: Yeah, that's two more triple threats with Bane. and Brian in the main event. Andre Thomas says for some reason Bay doesn't seem like he belongs in the Bullet Club, and then Brian Hinkle is asking, "Do you think WWE or NXT can ever get their hands on Switchblade?" I don't know. Jay White he can write his own check. I feel like he can wrestle anywhere he wants, whenever he wants, and WWE would be an exclusive for him. It's possible, but I'm not. I'm not seeing it anytime in the near future because I think that everybody else is going to work to keep him. Uh, Very busy on the outside.
1: Yeah, and at a time when they're uh, cutting high-paid guys and signing low-paid guys, I don't think that would work into their little system right now. Maybe five years down the road when he's a much bigger name
0: And he's not the right size. He's not enormous for main roster purposes. So PW Insider reported that the John Morrison face is the new direction for John Morrison. So it's not going to be like... Morrison versus Miz this week and then they make up at the end and they're back together and that's we move forward and move on this is the new direction for John Morrison so we're I'm I'm excited because I thought way back when they were on Smackdown and they Miz and Morrison were both kind of vying for the championship that Braun Strowman had the universal championship I thought they could have pulled the trigger on Morrison it would have been bold it would have been different but I think they could have made John Morrison the top guy back then so I'll be interested to see. Now there's a whole lot more character development. He's got the Matt Riddle territory, though, of the comedic guy. So we'll see where he, you know, what legs he has.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Cause I love John Morrison, but I hate The Miz. So <laughs> i want to be able to start fast-forwarding Miz segments again, and I could never do it because John Morrison, and I, I love me some Johnny Drip Trip.
0: Yeah, especially now that he's, all the things with the moist gimmick hurt first and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it doesn't get old <laughs> you know. at first. I was like, ah, oh, this is not working for me, but then it, it caught on. So, but, uh, Mustafa Ali and Mansoor, apparently they are going to be a baby face tag team going forward. That's from PW Insider got that scoop. They got to get some good wins then. I don't know
1: if I were to see Mustafa Ali and Mansoor versus arcade bro any yeah, and it's probably because they're going to Saudi Arabia soon, so they got to set the precedent of them being baby faces before they try to get them cheered overseas. Pretty sure that it might be Mansoor and Ali versus Amos in a handicap match. That'd be fun. That would be real fun as long as Omas wins, picks them both up, and honks their heads together.
0: Brian and Andre taking exception with you, John, saying, uh, "How can you not like the Miz? He's a pro's pro." Although Brian saying the Miz winning the Universal Champion was just the wrong time, I think basically every time he's won the championship was the wrong time.
1: See, my thing about the Miz is never good unless he's got somebody next to him. For instance, the Miz AKA the B Team, Maurice, Damien Sandow, Johnny Drip Drip. The only time the Miz is ever really relevant is when he's got somebody that next to him that's actually like entertaining, in my opinion. I, I would say the I think Miz's best
0: run was. And I don't remember exactly who he was wrestling, but when Daniel Bryan was on the shelf and they, and, and Miz and Bryan were having those talking smack segments, I thought that was the strongest the Miz has ever been. And it might be because he was the Intercontinental Champion. He was on TV every week. And our world champion was absent. Brock Lesnar was not around. So he had the top, one of the top titles.
1: Yeah, that was a time when I could have seen them throwing the title on him. The way they did it this time, now that I know that he lost it right away, I'm fine with it. But that was brutal to see him with that title. And yeah.
0: Transition champion to get it to Bobby. Yeah. AEW announced a Saturday edition. The rest of my news is pretty much all AEW. They announced a Saturday edition of Dynamite. It's gonna be on October 23rd. Now, what's interesting about this is it's right in the middle of the Jericho Cruises a four-day cruise, and they put this dynamite on the weekend and A lot of the people that are going on the cruise it initially got very upset and started uh, reaching out to Jericho and to Sixth Man, who is is the company that's organizing the cruise, because they're now afraid that all the AEW talent aren't going to be on the boat, and that's what they thought they were signing up for. So I think there's some work that AEW, Jericho, and Sixth Man need to do to get everybody back on board. Otherwise, they're going to have a small revolt. And I don't think we need to see a boat capsized because the fans are upset that if Oxley isn't there or something. So, AEW also announced the Casino Battle Royal for All Out. It will be a women's Battle Royal this time, which is what people had thought and expected. Nyla Rose is the first competitor that was announced. Unfortunately, nobody really cares who the first competitor is. Everybody is interested in who is the last competitor, the Joker spot. And there's some, there's plenty of rumors. There's plenty of people available. John, and you got the Iconics out there. You got Ruby Riot tons and tons of people that are
1: available to come out in that spot any any thoughts on that my first thought was ruby riot because we haven't seen we haven't seen her on tv yet we just seen her doing stuff on the internet vignettes of her own but yeah i yep. feel like that could be it yeah that's where i am i think that's the
0: top prospect i think for that spot and she yesterday put out a new video uh, a new vignette on twitter you can go see it And this one she steals a car and I didn't know if that the car had the New Jersey license plate, so I don't know if that's relevant. We know dynamite's coming up from New Jersey at the Prudential Center. We'll see.
1: Maybe it's Tessa Blanch.
0: That would be a big swerve. That would be a big swerve. Former Impact World Champion. Maybe she'll go after Christian Cage in the main event. AEW released a special look at the debut of CM Punk. And what's really cool about this, it's about a 12 minute video. It's available on their YouTube. In one side, it's just picture a picture, Andre, so. On one side, you see the pictures of what you watched on television. You see Edmund walking out of the pyro and all that stuff. In the second part, though, you see uh, all the production that's going on in the back and you see them producing the segment. So you see them shouting out the camera switches and the pyro and the tail would come out. And all. it's really fascinating if you've never seen that kind of thing before, which I, I really haven't, except for maybe in these, in these kinds of clips. But to see that, that sausage getting made was fascinating. So I'd recommend people go out and check that. It's a 12 minute video, but I think it's probably the last like four minutes that you
1: really see all of that. You got me with the sausage getting made stuff I wasn't expecting <laughs> about. <laughs>
0: Andre's saying that Tessa was working out for NWA power. Now I have not heard that, but I will dig into that myself and Andre you can shoot me a link of something that, that you're seeing, but I've not seen that. So that's interesting. I'll, I'll report on that tomorrow. Uh, and as of yesterday, final headline, I guess here, is as of yesterday, Dynamite was about 90, 964 tickets away from a sell- sellout in Milwaukee tonight. Stadium set up for 5,600 fans. About 1,000 of the 4,600 that were already sold came after Punk was announced. So uh, I guess Punk is moving tickets. It's hard, to, it's hard to say. I'm sure a percentage of that was attributable to Punk. And a certain percent is attributable to the fact that people realize they're free next week and there's a show in town stuff. Right. On tonight's dynamite, we have the varsity blondes versus the lucha bros. Winner is facing Jurassic express on Friday. We have red velvet versus Jamie hater, orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy, Malachi black versus Brack Anderson. And see of dynamite debut. John Moxley, Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston versus the Wingmen. Chris Jericho will address his future and the Gum Club will face off against the factory. That's QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Nick Camerano versus Austin, Billy, and Colt Gunn. Bart Gunn, not invited. John, Chris Jericho addresses his future. This has got to be the angle, right? Where Chris Jericho comes out to do a promo and MJF interrupts and says, I won the feud, why is Jericho talking? And then something happens that gets us to all out, I would assume.
1: Yeah, then we get the career versus... Scarf match or something like that. Oh. I'm looking forward to love what that. he's, what he's got to say, but I'm wondering how the hell they're going to get all this stuff in. You just announced like 42
0: things. There's one, two, <laughs> three, four, five, there's six matches and two talking segments. So it's going to be fast paced. Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson is going to be mostly Brock Anderson. will come back from a commercial. Brock Anderson's in the ring already. Malachi Black does his entrance and about one punch in a manhandle slam and he to that match is going to be
1: over in <laughs> 25 minutes. I'm sorry. And handle slam. I love it. <laughs> and so when I still heard about Bianca. It's so crazy.
0: Andre asking if anybody knows the rating for the punk episode last Friday. Yes, I do. It's 1.1 1. 1 million and it was a 0. 0.53 in the demo. So a very strong episode for Friday night and over a million viewers. That's great. I was nowhere close to that in that same slot. So good stuff and brian saying that sia punk's not going to have a busy schedule like he had wwe that's true and it's probably why he's there he doesn't have to work a house show loops he can show up on wednesdays and some fridays and some weekends so
1: isn't that all the stuff that he used to dog on cena or on uh, brock lesnar for and (laughs) uh it's like when you can work less you work less (laughs) Um, and then CM
0: Punk versus the Switchblade—that'd be a good match from Brian. Yes, it would be. And the Forbidden Door is open, so you never know what's going to happen. All right. Well, with that said, John, anything that you want to tell the fine people today? Any words of advice?
1: No, I just want to clarify my last week's words of advice <laughs> when I said never trust the far. And you're like, oh, we're gonna get that story next week. There wasn't a story for that. That was like the one I add in the ulster. in case we were running out of time, and we're running out of time today. So that's what I'll. I'll leave you with is my general life words of advice are don't trust a fart. It's not topical to anything that's happened to me in the past in my adult life, basically. But, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's one to teach your kids. I already teach my son that.
0: One thing I want to mention before we get out here is that, uh, is that, I'm going to a GCW Black Label Pro show in the coming weeks here, and there are some people on that card that I did not expect, and I'm just going to throw out the graphic real quick. The Powers of Pain are going to be teaming with Warhorse and Dan Housen to face off against Mick Gage, Mance Warner, AJ Gray, and Matthew Justice. So fun that we're... It's so fun that the Powers of Pain, uh, I hope they don't trust the fart, but... <laughs> Wait, is that,
1: like, the Berserker? It's the Barbarian and the Warlord. Oh, the Barbarian and the Warlord. Yeah, the Berserker was Samoan or Tongan. Yeah. Andre asking
0: about Adam Cole again. Why do you feel Adam Cole is resigning with WWE and moving to Raw? A couple of questions in there. I'm not sure what Adam Cole is going to do. I, what I've said Adam Cole I think probably should do is if they're offering him a huge contract with WWE, I'm Adam Cole, I'd probably take it because you know what? Even if they release him six months from now, Everybody that wanted him now is still going to want him then. So I think
1: if I'm Adam Cole, I'm taking the money. So Absolutely. Me too, man. Adam Cole is one of those guys that they put all, they invested a lot in, in NXT, but the, they still invested a lot in him. They gave him the longest reign ever and they had him just dominate. He's the first North American champion also. Yep. You know, he was the North American and the tag champ at the same time, like, all these things, these accolades, they've given him aren't a mistake. And I think they, they realize what they have with him and I don't think they're going to let him go.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. With that said, for John, I'm Ryan. Thank you for everybody who's watching live today and everybody who listens to this on demand. We will see you tomorrow. John DeCani will be here. He's going to bring a pile of rumors for me to sort through. So uh, stay tuned for that and we'll see you then.